Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 51 for Friday 13th of May 2011. You don't go far in a one-legged race. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Audible, the destination for the widest selection of digital audiobooks available worldwide. Want to be well-read like Duffbert but just can't spare the time to read books on paper? Take an audiobook on your commute or whilst walking instead. We've got a special offer for you. Download and listen to a best-selling book every month for just $7.49 a month for the first three months and you can cancel at any time. Pick from over 85,000 audiobooks from business to classics to sci-fi or comedy. Go to thisweekinlotus.com slash audible for all the details. Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. We're back for episode 51. As ever, I'm joined by Darren Duke. Good morning, Darren. Hello, Stuart. How are you? Yep, very, very good. Thank you. I think you've been been up all night. Haven't you doing an upgrade? Uh, some people would call that partying. I would call that. <laughs> there was no polls, no alcohol. But I usually would be on an all-night bender. <laughs> but yes, I've been up for, for about 12 hours now. Okay, well, well, we'll look for even more uh, intellect and intuition than we normally get. <laughs> and this week we are joined by one of IBM's Lotus Live team, Dave Girozano. Hi there, Dave. Hi, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for joining this week in Lotus. Do you want to tell us what you do in that Lotus Live team? Absolutely. Um, I'm the Senior Technical Product Manager for Lotus Live. Uh, I primarily focus on the uh, offerings of Lotus Live Engage and Lotus Live Connections. Brilliant. Well, well, thank you for joining us. We, we've had uh, previous members of the, the Lotus Live team on, Martha Hoyt and, and various other folks. So it's great to have uh, another member of, of the team, another voice on this podcast. So thanks for taking the time out to join us this morning. Um, so the reason um, we've invited you on, Dave, is that uh, there's been a new release of Lotus Live this week. Uh, I think it's been termed the, the spring release. Do you want to tell us what the sort of major highlights are of that release? What's changed? Uh, sure thing. So uh, we've actually made quite a few changes this release. It's a, a, a major release for us. Um, we, uh, we touched uh, a lot of aspects of the, uh, of the product offering overall. Um, a couple of the key highlights are um, we have upgraded the code base of the communities engine and also the activities engine that we have within Lotus Live Engage to be in line with the latest version of the on-prem world, Lotus Connections. So we have upgraded to the three uh, Lotus Connections 3.01 code base, which gives us a whole slew of new features and and new um, um, you know minor enhancements here and there, um, and some uh, certainly some defect fixing. So uh, that's what we're really excited about. 
Um, the other things that um, we've made some significant updates to is in regard to the Lotus Live Engage meeting service. Uh, we are now on parity with the standalone Lotus Live meetings feature set, which um, has given us um, a whole bunch of uh, you know new features that users were accustomed to using on the standalone. Um, some of those in particular are password protected meetings, um, the ability to get meeting reports back after the meeting has completed, uh, the ability to um, perform a feature we call AudioCast, which is a voice over IP service uh, embedded into the meeting itself, as well as recordings. You can fully record the meeting and then retrieve the recording in either uh, MOV or, or QuickTime MOV or, or Windows Media format. Uh, it's up to the uh, you know moderator to choose which format they'd like to uh, have the recording in. So those are some of the highlight areas. Um, one other key area that we've introduced this uh, particular release is a direction that we're heading in regards to identifying content to be internal only and then externally acceptable content. And uh, it's really been a, um, a learning process uh, for us uh, from, some ex for, from some extent. Uh, where we've really heard loud and clear from our, our larger enterprise customers that they uh, they really like the ability of the cloud um, and uh, giving them a chance to access innovation uh, from Lotus uh, quickly and easily. Um, but they still want sort of all of those little controls that make them feel comfortable, the CIO's office uh, feel comfortable about uh, you know, keeping content uh, out in the cloud. And so this is a step in that direction. And it'll enable users to indicate whether this is an internal-only set of content that they're uploading to Lotus Live uh, and, and therefore uh, carry through the access control uh, to be able to share that information internally only or to expose uh, content through, um, you know, extranet collaboration, which is really one of the key areas why, you know, Lotus Live um, was built, uh, was to expand on uh, extranet collaboration for companies to be able to reach their customers, partners, vendors much easier. Um, let's, let's take a step back because there's a lot of good features in there. Um, I think my favorite one is that we now have feature parity. Um, we have a lot of engaged uh, IDs and a lot of Lotus Live meeting IDs because we, we demo it all and we actually use it as part of our daily job and uh, we, we are running out of pets names to register for both sets of meetings. <laughs> so I, I know a lot of people around the STS offices are going to be happy that, that now we, we've got a single point of, of contact. That's that's excellent. And, and also, I believe I heard back in there that now the Lotus Live connections is actually the same as the 3.0.1 on-premise. Um, the, the code base that we're using for um, communities and also for activities within Lotus Live Engage is the same code base as the uh, Lotus Connections 3.0.1. Um, now, because we are a multi-tenant environment and we also are you know, an entirely public cloud environment, there are some, some differences. Um, they, uh, the, the connections team has, has made some modifications to their code base for our deployment you know, environment specific. Um, and also, 
uh, the variations that I mentioned with internal versus external content sharing in the connections world, you know, there isn't really that distinction at all. Um, and uh, and there isn't complete feature parity between the on-prem and the and the Lotus Live Engage uh, cloud service uh, in terms of um, communities. Um, and and every release we essentially work towards that. Um, but there are certain things um, specifically around multi-tenancy that take us take a little bit of time to to build in and to build in correctly, so that we're adhering to you know all of the security parameters and standards that that we uh, we expect it certainly does feel like they're a lot more ma- it's sort of evenly matched now that, than they were previously so um yeah there, there are a lot of enhancements in connections 301 that we know about on premise and it's great to see those being brought into the product i guess the major areas that are missing if, if you compare the two are blogs and wikis still aren't in lotus live is that right yeah that is correct and and we're working towards a, a plan to to get those in really as quickly as we can um our intent, actually, for the rest of this year, is uh, in, in terms of roadmap, is to um, is to adopt the Lotus Connections uh, file system. So currently, Lotus Live Engage and Lotus Live Connections have a, a, um, essentially their own um, file system. Now, our our Lotus user experience team has, has done a great job of of kind of uh, adopting a one UI strategy, and our one uh, user interface strategy really makes it so that both of the experiences, whether you're on-prem or in the cloud, look very similar. Um, but the fact is, is they're not exactly the same uh, in in the code base. So, uh, one roadmap item uh, for this year is to replace the Lotus Live Engage and Lotus Live Connections uh, file system um, with the Lotus Connections file system. Um, so that will give us. Uh, we, we actually would gain some feature functionality um, uh, by doing that. And it would also allow the linkage between the file service, the community service, um, the activity service, uh, as well as the ability to add blogs and wikis, the Lotus Live connection service, much easier. Uh, working on a plan right now to, um, to, to add blogs and wikis as, you know, as quickly as we can. Um, not exactly sure if we'll if we we'll get it get it um, in the uh, Q4 timeframe, but we're we're trying hard to to do that. That's great, and I'm I'm interested to know whether some of the enhancements that you guys make in terms of the Lotus Live system make it back in the other direction. Do you feed back into the connections, um, you know, the on-premise connections product? If if there's enhancements that are useful there, I'm thinking some of the multi-tenant features that you guys add. Yeah, I can imagine would be useful to a number of my customers that run connections on premise. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a different world um, that we're living in in terms of the cloud service and the multi-tenants, multi-tenancy, and and having to be, you know, a um, a service that you know that that runs runs with an SLA and, and everything else. So they're learning uh, quite a bit uh, about the differences uh, between the on-prem world and the cloud world, and, and we're helping to pave that way with not only the connections team but uh, the other on-prem product offerings from Lotus as well. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, lessons learned, um, uh, performance enhancements um, that that we demand um, from the cloud service are making their way back. Um, uh, quality, um, usability. There's a whole bunch of uh, areas that we are certainly helping to influence um, in terms of you know uh, driving requirements back into the product, 
and um, uh, just dealing with you know how ownership is 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 um, uh, is performed and done within the service, uh, and 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 such that if you know let's say you're a Lotus Live Engage user and um, you know you leave the company or you um, take on a new role at the company and um, and the access control of some of the content needs to um, uh, be shared by somebody else or be or have those contact content and files be migrated to somebody else if you leave the company that kind of stuff that we already have been doing in Lotus Live um, is really that that is making their way back into the, the core product as well Sounds great. And I was interested when you were outlining the, the new uh, features earlier on, Dave, you mentioned this kind of additional layer of, of privacy almost that you're adding around, you know, the company. So you almost get an extra net in the cloud. Um, do you want to talk through a little bit about, you know, kind of what people can, can do with that functionality and, and how it's actually um, displayed in the product? Sure, sure. So, there are a couple of things that um, we added uh, this particular release that that certainly drive and help that. Um, one thing is, you know, we're all about social business, and um, every user in Lotus Live Engage or Lotus Live Connections has a user profile, uh, and every company has a company profile. Um, so what we've done is um, we've given some administrative control to being able to set privacy on user profiles of members you know, within their company or organization. So what this means is um, at an organization level, the administrators can choose either everybody in my company has a public uh, profile, uh, everybody has a private profile um, only to be seen by other people in their own company, or the administrator can um, select you know specific people that would have um, the ability to have a public profile and then it's up to the end user to choose to opt in to um, to public or, or private um, and that's sort of the the first step to, to all of this um, what a public profile allows is it allows uh, individuals to be able to um, search within Lotus Live uh, for other you know Lotus Live uh, users um, and they can do that across company boundaries. So if I'm in company X and you're in company Y, um, I can do a profile search within Lotus Live and I can uh, uh, find your, your profile and then I can send you a uh, network connection request. Uh, and that's essentially you know, a exchanging of a virtual business card. It adds you to my contact list. It adds me to your contact list. When I make profile updates or changes, uh, you, you'd be able to be notified of those. and You'd be able to see the details of my profile. And it's a fully opt-in system. So um, if I send you a request, you can you know, accept that request or you can ignore it um, or you can uh, send me a comment back. Uh, it also then allows um, us to add each other to access control mechanism uh, within Lotus Live to share files and to, you know, add each other to communities or to work on a project together um, much more easily because we, we, we show up in the uh, type ahead uh, for the access control mechanism. And, and finally, with the advent of the um, 
paradigm of internal only versus uh, externally acceptable. If I create a folder and I populate it with some content that I need to share with you, uh, I can go out, find your profile, we can get connected. Um, I can then uh, more easily add you to the access control as either a reader or an author, even though you're in a, a different company, as long as the content is deemed to be you know, acceptable to uh, be shared outside my company um, realm. And then what I can even do is I can uh, add you to uh, what Lotus Live uh, allows is a uh, instant messaging uh, chat client. And uh, so even though we're in two different companies, Lotus Live is bridging that gap for extranet collaboration, and we can chat real-time over the Lotus um, same-time connect client that's provided with Lotus Live. Uh, and we can see each other's awareness if we're online, if we're not, what the status is. And um, we can chat square away as well as participate in you know, web conferences and, and all that and, 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 and truly and freely be able to share content and information with each other. That sounds really interesting. I, I, I can imagine a, a lot of use cases where that type of, of granularity really would make a difference. So, you know, say an insurance claims handler or something like that, where, you know, a lot of the work is done with external parties, just being able to add in additional people from other companies you're working with or, or ad hoc add people as guests as well into Lotus Live really gives it an advantage over some of the on-premise solutions that are out there. Well, yeah, that is absolutely true. We, we do support Sort of guest model, and that really was to help drive the extranet collaboration between you know people who aren't you know Lotus Live users already. Um, we uh, we allow any subscriber in Lotus Live to invite guests. Um, guests not only are uh, able to you know specifically gain access to the content that somebody has shared with them explicitly. But once they're a Lotus Live uh, guest user, they also have their own, you know, amount of collaboration that they can perform on their own. So, uh, for example, each guest gets 25 megs of uh, file quota storage space. Um, they have access to the Lotus Live contact management system, so they can store their contacts or sync contacts with Outlook or with Notes or, or add them uh, via CSV file import. Um, Guests have access to, you know, be able to start projects with Lotus Live activities or upload files. Um, they can uh, participate in web conferences as a, as a participant. Um, they uh, have access to the community system. They can even create new communities. Um, and so we really, truly wanted to give guests the ability to uh, not only gain access specifically to the content that somebody has shared with them, uh, but also be able to, to truly use this as a, as a tool um, so that they can um, really take advantage of some of the feature sets that, that we've put out there. And incidentally, just to, to tie that in, guests are at no cost to the person who's, who has invited them and also no cost to the, to the guests either. Um, and the 25 megs that uh, a guest gets for storage quota does not come out of the person's, um, you know, default storage quota that invited them. Um, and in Lotus Live, um, each user gets uh, five gigabytes of default storage quota per user. So it's a it's a generous amount, we think. And I do, I do specifically like the guest accounts being free. I think that's a, a big, big, big bonus. 
Yeah, you know, we we were, you know we went back and forth on on what to do with with guests. In the end, you know, we really wanted adoption, and we wanted to um, have a little bit of a viral uh, adoption approach. Um, and and we also looked at, you know, what are the challenges of of collaboration with extranet uh, or external users from your company uh, in the on-prem world. Um, and one of the big barriers to entry, of course, was, well, in order to share anything meaningful, we really need to have systems in a DMZ. We need to open up ports in a firewall. We need to have, you know, a, a registration system by which guests get added to your corporate, you know, LDAP. And, and, and it, it was a lot. There's a lot to overcome in, in being able to provide that. It's not that you can't do it. Um, it's just there's, there's a lot to you know, being able to provide that service from on-prem world uh, with, you know, corporate firewalls and everything else involved. And uh, actually, so licensing. And licensing, yeah. And so we wanted to make this environment something that was different than what you could get on-prem. And we really wanted to exploit the extranet collaboration features while also making the environment, you know, safe and, and sound. And then it, you've mentioned a few times um, the the kind of service names. So we've got Lotus Live Engage, which I think was the first Lotus Live service that was uh, announced. And then then we had Lotus Live Connections um, announced a little while later, and they're kind of used almost interchangeably. Can you talk us through what the differences between those are, and and why a customer might go for one rather than the other? Yeah, absolutely, sure thing. So Lotus Live Engage really is sort of the flagship. Um, it has in it. All the collaboration features, uh, files and folders. It has the meetings experience. Uh, it has an administrative portal. Uh, if you're entitled to administer the environment, um, you have communities and activities. Um, you have uh, a service called um, Live Charts. Uh, we also have the ability to create forms and surveys on the fly uh, and distribute those. Um, you have contact management. You also have um, all the features for your your profile and the network um, uh, settings, and you also have instant messaging. Um, Lotus Live Connections is just a subset of the sort of Uber offering. So with Lotus Live Connections, uh, an end user um, uh, or a company might choose Lotus Live Connections over Lotus Live Engage if the user themselves, based on their user role, uh, you know, within the company or what they do for work, if they don't need a moderated uh, meeting account to do web conferences, um, or if they don't need to be able to create forms or surveys on the fly, uh, or if they don't need to be able to create, you know, live charts. So Lotus Live Engage has all those things. Lotus Live Connections um, doesn't have a meeting moderator. Um, uh, entitlement. It doesn't have uh, forms and it doesn't have charts, uh, but it has all the other features uh, that I mentioned. Um, you know that come with uh, Lotus Live Engage. So, uh, we think of Lotus Live Connections really as um, it, if you don't need the web conferencing features either by role or you already have a web conference provider that you know you're currently um, you're, you're currently happy with or have a, a contract with. Um, that's just fine. Uh, we think that Lotus Live Connections is 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 that sweet spot there, and it's also you know a little bit of a less price point. Um, one thing too that I'd like to point out, you know, I mentioned a whole bunch of services there and features uh, with Lotus Live Engage. 
one of the things that are actually most compelling, I think, about our experience for the end user is that all of these services are very um, tightly coupled together. So from almost any point in the user experience, you have access to other features and, uh, and content within the system. Um, so, for example, if I am in Lotus Live Files, uh, I can just you know, uh, right-click. Uh, I can present that content in a web conference. So um, I can you know, right-click on the file. I can select present in, in meeting. It'll launch the meeting client. It'll launch the content that I was just at into the meeting. And then from within the meeting, I can invite other people to the meeting. I can, um, through, uh, through my type ahead service for my contact management system, I can even assign to-dos uh, and create a new activity right from within the meeting. Uh, I can now record the meeting. I can get, um, uh, there's an instant messaging built into the meeting service itself. Uh, there's web conferencing built into the meeting service. Um, now there's audio with, uh, with um, audio cast. I can even record it. Um, we've really done a lot to tie the services together. Uh, when I'm in a, in a, in a, uh, um, a community, I have access to my file stream. I have access to all my folders now. Um, I can share files or folders. I can give community members the ability to contribute to folders and give them author access to add content to the folder. Within communities, you know, we, we've added a lot of hooks back to activities, to new discussion forums. So there's a very tightly coupled set of services with all of these features working together. And that's why we think that it's really powerful to be able to pivot between different points within Lotus Live to, to other features. It certainly sounds um, you know, really like it's beginning to come together in a, in a very cohesive way where all these services are kind of interlinked and, and work in a very natural way, which uh, you know, I think Engage has always been quite strong in that area compared to, to maybe the opposition from Google or Microsoft. But I think that's only being strengthened as you begin to, to kind of add the social factors into the collaboration tools that have been in there for a while. In, in particular, I, I think the local live meeting piece is really important because it felt, um, you know, as if we had three different platforms almost, same time Unite, Lotus Live Meetings, and then the meetings that were inside Engage, all of which had their own kind of uh, features and functions and limitations, uh, and, and Lotus Live events too. And it sounds like that's all coming together a lot more into, um, you know, just one solution that, that you maybe you can buy in different ways with different licenses, but actually the technology works the same, the recording, the audio casting and everything else. And having run some events through Lotus Live events that had all those features, I, th I think it's it's a pretty powerful suite of, of webcasting functionality compared to maybe what you can get from WebEx and some of the other competitors. So I think that you're doing great work there. It certainly sounds pretty impressive. Well, thank you very much. And Darren, you've you've obviously used Lotus Live um, meetings a lot, haven't you? Not just you know presenting to your customers, but also um, being involved in them. You know, particularly when IBM runs uh, web conferences and so on. What's your feeling? Do you think we're getting to a point where um, you know the stuff inside Lotus Live engaged does everything you would want from a meeting service? I, I think it's it's web dialogues when they bought it was was actually pretty good as is, and I think they're just starting to do value adds now, and it's starting to be. F fully rounded out. I'm, I'm not quite yet sure we're at the, at the day when I will never see a WebEx come out of IBM, but you know, I, I don't see any reason 
now why any IBM or any business partner that matter would would ever send out a URL that includes WebEx in it when when it is such a good it, it is the shining start of a Lotus Live, and it was one of the first pieces in a web dialogue. Was probably bought in what two thousand six, two thousand seven. So it's been around a while, and it's, it certainly feels like it's it's reaching maturity and and is a pretty good solution out there. I mean, things like the you know being able to share your desktop from the Mac was was a big hole from my point of view. That was filled last year, so it feels like some of the checkboxes of missing features are beginning to fill be filled in and and really being sort of fully functional yeah yeah pa- passwords is a big one as well right password protecting the meeting so you just can't have anyone appear that's always handy <laughs> <laughs> and um and one of the other things we've discussed on this podcast a lot uh dave in the last uh, few months is, is lotus live symphony obviously that was kind of pre-announced uh, at lotusphere this is going to be um kind of collaborative editing in the cloud um that's in beta at the moment isn't it any thoughts on on when that might be included or what the plans are for including that in some of the other lotus live services yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, so Lotus Live Symphony, um, obviously it's our Lotus Symphony uh, extension to the cloud. Um, it has been in, um, in a beta state for, um, for a little bit now uh, out on greenhouse.lotus.com um, where you can, you know, try it and kick the tires and, and see how it interacts with um, the Lotus Connections file system. Um, one of the things that we are looking forward to uh, in 2011 is the introduction of Lotus Live Symphony uh, into the Lotus Live Engage and Lotus Live Connections um, set of features. Um, we, uh, we're looking to target the second half of 2011, um, probably a little closer towards um, Q4. Um, right now, you know, we're looking for it to um, uh, interact with the file service um, as well um, to be able to allow users to view documents, spreadsheets, presentations, as well as edit them. Um, the real power, I think, um, is the ability for multiple people to be accessing um, and have edit rights to you know the same document. Um, you can invite you know up to you know n number of users to um, to be viewing the document and editing the document. You can assign certain you know, paragraphs or sections to, to people to be working on simultaneously. Um, you can add you know, metadata back to the document stored in Lotus Live files. and um, It's actually quite slick. Uh, we really think that this is going to be a, a great new addition. Uh, we have certainly heard from our customer base that they'd love to see inline editing, inline viewing. Um, we do have a couple of Lotus Live partner integrations um, that that do help fill this gap that we have at the moment um, uh, with with uh, Brixis um, and with um, Expresso, um, yeah. but this would be native, uh, built right into the experience, and uh, and would uh, would be you know part of an entitlement that you would get. Um, when you signed up for Lotus Live Engage and, and or Lotus Live Connections, that would be cool. Yeah, so I mean, definitely, uh, I urge you know folks who haven't seen Lotus uh, Live Symphony yet to uh, to sign up for a free account at, at greenhouse.lotus.com um, and just give it a try. I, I think you'll be very impressed with the way that it looks and works. Um, yeah, and, we we uh, I've actually played with it, and and I have to say it's. 
it, it, it's way better than you would expect. And we've I've used Google Docs quite extensively, and, and there's a lot of features that I think Lotus Live Symphony has that Google Docs doesn't, at least yet. So, you know, just for a, a, a swing and a hit, you know, you're at least beating what I would guess is a de facto competition out there. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, it, I think it's taken us a little bit longer, obviously, to, to come to fruition with this, but we, we didn't want to do it, you know, in a way that, you know, didn't put our, our best effort forward. And uh, I think the team's been, you know, obviously been working really hard to, to make that transition from kind of an on-prem installed uh, application to a, a multi-tenant cloud-based application um, and, and have some additional features that, you know, aren't available by everybody online at this time. So we're looking forward to it uh, very much. And uh, we've been, you know, working with that uh, Lotus Live Symphony team really closely uh, to, um, to, you know, to get it to, to, through its paces um, and to get everything uh, up to snuff uh, based on our, our quality uh, plans that, that we set forward for ourselves. Well, I think you've done a, a fine job of, of getting you know the features into engage and connections. You know th- this uh, this release. I think it's, it's a tremendous release. There's a, a blog post on Lotus Live blog which runs through quite a lot of the the new features that are in there with some screenshots and so on. So I encourage people to go and have a read of that. And um, David, I think yeah, continue the good work. We really look forward to to Symphony making it into the product as well. I think there's going to be something quite exciting when it comes. I, d- I do have a quick question. Um, yep. This this is obviously the spring release. The, the nomenclature of these cloud services is either quarterly or, or half yearly. Is it, it, which one does Lotus Life fall into? We've taken um, a similar approach. Um, last year, uh, we uh, had two major releases, and then we have what we call tups, which are essentially monthly tune-ups. Uh, with feature functionality can appear, but um, uh, but we we try to sort of bundle them up into, you know, two to three major releases a year. Um, so, you know, this this particular release is the U.S. Spring 2011 release, um, where, where we certainly have um, in plan right now at least one major release uh, coming um, later in the, in the year. Um, and... Uh, and, and possibly even a third. It really depends on on how much we can align with um, you know with with the features that we want to to bring to market and 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 when those are ready. Um, so you can expect at least one more major release this year, um, and then again, as I mentioned, the the monthly tune-ups, um, and then you could you know potentially even see um, a third uh, major release um, probably later in the in the in the fourth quarter for um, for engage and connections and. Um, we're certainly going to see some um, news and announcements of um, a, uh, a GA4 release from the Lotus Live Notes side, the mail side. Um, we're also going to see at least one more major release from Lotus Live Notes this year, later in the year as well. Uh, we're calling a GA5. Um, and uh, there are some other really exciting news that you know that we're that we're um, we continue to evolve the service. Uh, we're opening uh, additional um, geo uh, data centers in, in Asia Pacific uh, this summer um, that uh, will help service that part of the world uh, better than you know than 
and what we're able to do currently today with uh, with the North, North America service, uh, the North America and uh, data centers, um, and also something that um, is is fairly a recent uh, uh, enablement and deployment is we've uh, we've made a, a migration from um, uh, a network provider that uh, provided our perimeter um, network acceleration to um, to Akamai. Um, so we have uh, converted uh, to the Akamai uh, Edge network uh, for Lotus Live meetings, uh, for Lotus Live iNotes, and, and soon to be Lotus Live Engage. Um, and that has really opened up uh, our performance. It has also allowed us to have um, you know, somewhere in the order of 75,000 points of presence worldwide um, taking uh, an uptick from uh, from five points of presence to, uh, to 75,000. So. This is something we were puzzling over a few weeks ago, Darren and I were trying to work out how would you go from single figures to that number in one tweet and the word Akamai makes it all make sense doesn't it so you basically uh, yep. using a third party have massively expanded that edge network. Uh, absolutely yep we really looked at you know what could we do in, in this space, in the network, um, you know, WAN space that would really allow us to, you know, kick the service in the pants and, and, and really give our, you know, customers in, in AP and in different locations around the world, um, you know, the best experience that, that we could offer. And, you know, when we did, uh, you know, our, our, our full due diligence, uh, we, we really wanted to, you know, we decided to, to choose Akamai as a, as a partner in, in this space, um, and it's it's actually going to get better. We we have you know phased approaches to rolling out the Akamai service, and the first phase, of course, was their their edge network, and the second phase is um, to take full advantage uh, and optimize uh, their caching services, um, and then uh, and then continue down that path of of enhancements um, that that they have for for various services that we can take advantage of. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Just that detail has made so much, made such a difference to us guys. So thank you very much for that. It's really good. Now the other um, significant piece of news this week we wanted to cover um, obviously came out a couple of days ago, which is Microsoft buying Skype. Now this came out of the blue somewhat. I don't think many people were aware that Microsoft were, were uh, sort of eyeing up Skype, and it, it certainly didn't seem to be the most natural fit. Darren, do you want to kick us off? What did you think when you saw this news come out? Move of the decade. It is now. I do think they paid a good eight point seven billion dollars too much, but that that notwithstanding, um, Microsoft have just went from being a company whose demise was all but guaranteed as as people moved to smartphones and tablets to now being one of the top three social networking tools on the planet in one fell swoop. And it didn't really cost them a penny because they're sitting on so much cash. I don't think it would have mattered how much they wanted Microsoft would have coughed up. Now, reading, reading between the lines here, I, I don't think they bought it just for the coolness, but that's definitely going to help. I'm I'm with Carl Tyler. He wrote, he wrote a blog post literally minutes after the announcement came out, saying this is not what you're thinking. Is this this is for SIP? 
SIP, the, the VoIP protocol, and, and I, I completely agree with, with Carl on this. If you have ever tried to find a VIP, uh, uh, sorry, a, a, a SIP trunking uh, partner to go yeah. to, it's nigh on impossible. And if it's not impossible, it's still reasonably expensive. Ah. Um, it's still reasonably expensive. And I think Microsoft, in, in one fell swoop, have managed to build out the SIP protocol tunneling and, and, and et al for, for the entire, you know, Western hemisphere, if not, not the entire world. And I think if, if they can get on some model where it's reasonably cheap for businesses to plug their SIP chunk in, Microsoft are going to recoup this 8.6 billion in, in no time. So f from your perspective, you think it's more of a kind of back-end play in terms of being infrastructure that links together on-premise Microsoft solutions rather than it necessarily being for the kind of consumer-grade uh, you know, telephony service and video conferencing service that we kind of use it for? I, I think it's definitely for the former, but I think the latter is just going to trail anyway because of the massive Xbox contingent that they can just plug in and now you've got you know, but with 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 Connect, you've already got the 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 sensors there, so now you can do video point to point on your Xbox. I think that's definitely a check in the box for Microsoft. But but Microsoft, I think, are a bit too business savvy to just go after the consumer market on this. How about Windows Phone Seven? Do you see that as a big player? I mean, it, it seems to me that that with the move with Nokia, um, you know, now going to use Windows Phone Seven at least in the next sort of six to twelve months, um, they're going to have a significant you know quantity of devices out there that are running Microsoft Phone uh, OS. Do you see Skype fitting into that, or do you think that would be too much of a risk with regard to the telecoms companies being upset if if they take it over data rather than um, through their their phone systems? Um, I, I think Microsoft thinks it's going to be a big deal. I think the normal person on the street is is not really going to give a rat's ass unless it means their cell phone bill cuts in half. Now, some cell phone carriers in the US, notably Verizon, already allowed you to do Skype on certain phones. So, I, you know, what what they lose in voice, they make up for it in, in, in data charges. So I don't think the cell phone companies are going to be that peeved if it happens. Um, but... You know, if, if they're thinking that putting Skype on Windows Mobile 7 is, is going to save either that or Nokia or Microsoft's misplaced mobile architecture, then they're sorely mistaken there. That's, that's, that's not the play here. And if that's what the play they're making, then yet again, they're doing mobile wrong. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, this, yeah, I thought that the, the news itself was, was pretty astonishing. Uh, you know, I was... Heard about it just you know just the other day and was like wow okay first off that's it's a lot of coin um, uh, but you know I can see I can see how a, a, a very high valuation on a company like Skype um, would be possible um, and uh, and just the sheer number of users you know that obviously interface with Skype I mean everything from you know the uh, you know the, the you know <clears throat> young young adults uh, all the way up to you know my, my mom and dad you know. Uh, retirees um, it, it's amazing the reach that Skype's gotten um, you know, we saw some 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 pretty uh, good use cases uh, for Skype integration even with Lotus Live um, and in Skype has been a, an integrated partner um, of Lotus Lives um, so you can do you know Skype uh, web conferencing uh, with folks that you're collaborating with um, built right into the service um, uh, 
yeah, I think some of the um, some of the points um, that that were just made um, uh, by by Darren definitely hold true. Um, you know, I think that th- there's a lot of different ways that Microsoft could capitalize on the technology that Skype has to uh, has to bear. It'd be interesting in in the upcoming you know uh, months and, and years to see what really what really they decide to do with this. Um, whether they decide to you know pick it apart for its technology and infiltrate that technology you know every which way to Sunday into the variety of different product suites uh, or 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 what you know it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty telling. I think it's going to be interesting. Okay. A, a few of my kind of points of view on it is, is, is first of all, if they'd said they'd bought it for two and a half billion or three billion, I don't think too many people would have you know, reacted in the way they have. I think it, it's the valuation is just astonishing, uh, given that how, how it's been traded around to eBay and, and then you know, through venture capital firms in the last few years. Um also, I, I think just in terms of the call factor, um, certainly that the news coverage on mainstream media in the UK has just been phenomenal for this acquisition. You know, it's been on every um, you know major news broadcast talking about talking about it, and 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 I think it gets Microsoft back in the in the real public eye as far as um, technology goes forward, and and you know. I think it is about Microsoft sort of making a new play for this kind of social generation that perhaps they just don't have too much relevance to today. Um, the the other piece for me is it's it's all about the the kind of merger of consumer and corporate IT, and I think there's there's been some interesting debates about that whether you know IBM Sweet Spot is clearly corporate IT, and whether there's any need for IBM to have any kind of consumer play. And it seems that every other major corporation that's in the IT space is at least eyeing up the the consumer space, even if they're not jumping wholesale into it. And I think with the Skype acquisition, Microsoft really are, um, you know, making a big play to kind of try and merge those two sets of IT together, where you've got Link in the corporate space and you've now got Skype in the consumer space, and how they're going to bring those together. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next twelve months or so. And, and the same is true over here, Stuart. It's been on. CNN, it's been on National Public Radio, it's on your local TV station. If nothing else, they have definitely got about $7 billion worth of advertising out of it. Yeah, which is interesting, and maybe it's worth doing just on that basis. Uh, given how much cash IBM sat on, I'd love them to, to do some acquisitions in, in that kind of size, but I Did, don't know. Didn't, they just drop eight, didn't IBM just drop $8 billion back? shares back yeah i think they did but that's all to do with this 10-year plan isn't it to, to raise earnings per share so um so yeah it's different priorities different corporate visions i guess and and it's unfair to compare the two really it, it, yeah i think it's unfair to compare the two but i think at some point ibm may have to wake up and smell the roses with google and microsoft you know, racing down the track in both mm. the, 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 the corporate and the consumer and the prosumer, and IBM squarely only got one foot in the race. You know, you don't go far in a one-legged race. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end it. I think we've got our title for our show today. So <laughs> thank you for that, Darren. Right, well, as usual, we, we've run out of time. We're, uh, we started a little bit late today. We were due to be joined by Angus Fox. I'm afraid he, he couldn't make it due to IT issues. So uh, we'll close on that note. Um, as usual, we end with a tip from each of our panellists. Darren, do you want to kick us off this week? What's your tip? I've got to find it. I've, I, I did it early and now I've lost it. 
There it is. Oh, completely off topic. Um, not IT related at all, not job related at all. Um, as everyone knows, UK Lug is coming up in like two weeks. So whenever I go to England, I eat lots of fish and chips, which are not very good for me. So I've been on a diet, and the specific diet I picked was the 17-day diet. And in 17 days, I've lost 10 pounds, so I cannot give it a bigger recommendation than that. The, the link is in the show notes for the book of e, of a uh, ebook off of Amazon. Um, no one's paying me for this. It's just I lost a ton of weight. <laughs> if you eat a lot of fish and chips too, you might want to buy this book. Excellent. I look out for it. I'm, I'm on one of these low-carb diets for similar reasons, so we'll have to compare notes at UK Lug, I think. Thank you for the tip. We've got the link in the show notes to that book, so thank you, Darren. Dave, do you have a tip for us? I'm a little new to the, to the tip game, but um, I will say that um, for those of you who are um, uh, iPhone users, or, or of course the uh, iPad or, or, or iPad 2, uh, I do have a consumer tip. Um, and uh, this is, you know, somewhat of a, of, a, of a plug, but if you have not tried a app called Red Laser um, or don't know about it, it is a really cool, is a really cool consumer uh, uh, technology. Uh, it's, a, it's a free app. I'm, I'm sure they, they probably have a, a pay version as well. Um, but if you're not familiar with Red Laser, um, it's really remarkable. It allows you to take a, a picture with your phone of a... Um, uh, of a barcode uh, on a product it could be almost anything. It could be a you know box of, uh, of, of, of tissues. It could be uh, you know uh, sneakers uh, that you're out shopping for, and it will allow you to get uh, all of the competitive prices um, for both uh, the uh, box stores as well as uh, online retailers of the same product. So you can see immediately if the deal at your you know local uh, store uh, is is a good is a good price or not and uh, allow you to do some comparative shopping right on the spot uh, it kind of uh, it kind of levels the playing field for uh, for everybody trying to uh, you know hunt for the best deal and and our, you know the product that you scan is is the same product you know uh, sold you know uh, you know 30 different locations so even does proximity uh, based on uh, some GPS technology. Excellent. I, I mean, I've seen other apps like this that do just searching of Amazon or, or just for other stores, but this one seems to do a real good cross-section of different stores. Uh, also scans QR codes as well um, and also produces QR codes too. So that looks a really great app. and It's free too, I think. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I use it all the time when I'm out. You know, looking for uh, for stuff for uh, for the family or for my, myself, it's 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 quite fun, and it's interesting to see um, the uh, the the store uh, sales individuals saying, "What you know? What are you doing there?" I'm like, oh, "I'm scanning, <laughs> I'm scanning the barcode, and I'm trying to you know get some competitive uh, pricing on the same product." And they're amazed. They're they're just flo- you know blown away. They're, what you can do? What you know? It's uh, it's pretty cool. Brilliant. It's also available for um, Android as well as iPhone too, so it covers a lot of the bases. More information is available at redlaser, R-E-D-L-A-S-E-R.com. So thank you for that tip, David. For someone new to tips, you've done a great one for us there. Thank you very much. And my tip for this week is um, a service called About.me, which I think I've mentioned before, but I don't think we've ever used as a tip, which is a free site for creating kind of um, personal profiles. So um, if if you previously had sort of an, a homepage or something that... Um, 
um, you're kind of not using so much with uh, Twitter and Facebook and so on being so um, prevalent these days. About.me is a way of replacing that. So it's just a really simple to use homepage site that links off to other social sites has um, many different looks and feels included to templates and themes you can use um, allows you to see some stats in terms of who's visited uh, your uh, page how many hits you've had that kind of thing so that's all about dot me uh, and uh, my own profile is at about dot me slash Stuart McIntyre so if you want to use that as a as a, an idea of, w- of what it can do I, I found it a really useful site a lot of other people are doing it too um, so check that out so that brings us to the end of our conversation for this week. Um, Darren, we are, of course, both at UK Lug. Uh, both of us are there for kind of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I guess. We've got a show lunchtime uh, on Monday. Are you looking forward to that? No. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I will be jet lagged. That's probably like When are you flying over? We fly over Friday night, so we get there Saturday morning. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. We're, we're recording the show lunchtime on Monday, so lunch break is at 12.50 to 2 o'clock. We'll be meeting about 1 o'clock. We've got one of the rooms there. I look forward to everybody who's at UK Love turning up to join in. We'll take some questions from the floor, have some really good speakers there, and be releasing that as our episode two. So if you're at UK Love, make sure you check us out on Monday lunchtime. So um, until next week, let's just quickly go around the table and ask people's contact details. Darren, how do people find you? blog.darrenduke.net for all things technical and Darren Duke all one word for my 140 character grants. Brilliant. Thank you, Darren. And Dave, do you have a Twitter or a blog site people you can point people to? Um, I, I have, uh, of course, IBM internal ones that uh, that we use, Lotus Connections. Um, but uh, for everybody else uh, out there, um, probably emails is the best direct point, which would be uh, D D. D-D-U-R-A-Z-Z-A at us.ibm.com Brilliant. Thank you very much for giving up your time, Dave. It's, it's been great having you on this week. Thanks. Glad to have you. Brilliant. And I'm Stuart McIntyre. Find me on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre or uh, via the company site um, collaborationmatters.com So until next week, this was This Week in Lotus. Bye. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Audible, the destination for the widest selection of digital audiobooks available worldwide. Want to be well read like Duffer but just can't spare the time to read books on paper? Take an audiobook on your commute or whilst walking instead. We've got a special offer for you. Download and listen to a best-selling book every month for just $7.49 a month for the first three months and you can cancel at any time. Pick from over 85,000 audiobooks from business to classics to sci-fi or comedy. Go to thisweekinlotus.com slash audible for all the details. Uh, this week we're joined by a member of IBM's Lotus Live team by um, by Dave Durazano. Is that right, Dave? Uh, close to Durazano. Let me do that again then. Hang on a second. I no, always no, mess up. No, names. this is just the way it goes to it, <laughs> you know. D- Durazano, is that right? Yes. 
And this week we're joined by one of IBM's Lotus Live team, Dave Girard. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Dave. 